0: Good morning. I guess we should say Happy March. I can't believe it's already third month of the year. I'm going to introduce our speaker this morning, but at first I just want to I want to refresh us. I was going. This is also for anybody new, but I say I think we need this as well. These are things that we highlight. Just don't want us to forget. We've talked about our identity, right? We're a commu- we're a multi generational community of men connecting to become and make disciples. So I keep that in a lot of different colors because there's so much in that that identity statement. But that's who we are. So let's let's claim it and uh, and help bring it to life. We talk a lot about our purpose. You know, we believe we all have the same purpose, and that is to convoy the people in our lives the way Jesus did. Uh, and remember, convoy—that's a big word for us. That's to love, to serve, to lead, uh, to flank, to protect. And so that's something that I have to remind myself daily on, okay, as I look at my life, I look at my family, my kids, my coworkers, my friends, am I convoying the people in my life the way Jesus did, the example he set? And then kind of our theme for the year is we're going to be men of action. It's time for us to step up, uh, to have an action plan. And action really is just a, a, a way for us to remember what's most important, which is, we need to abide so that we can convoy, and ultimately, we need to pass on our stories. We need to transfer that knowledge to other people, and that kind of leads me to our speaker this morning. So Brian was nice to let, let me introduce uh, somebody who's near and dear to my heart, uh, somebody I treasure and value, my favorite father-in-law, Steve Lampkin, and I, I at home, he goes by Puff, and I know that the more I talk, the more I will interchange uh, Mr. Steve and Puff. So I'm just going to go with Puff. So you guys will know who I'm talking about. Um, but when we were looking at the, the year, we were starting to map out what does it mean to be men of action? How do we bring this to life? You know, that's really essentially kind of the topics for the months. So we started off with Doug talking about, okay, if we're going to abide, whose are we? Who are we abiding to? Who are we remaining in? And he did a fantastic job of talking about who is God, whose are we, which is just fantastic. Set us up nicely for the next couple of months, which is all about abiding. And how do we start to bring that to life? Then we move into convoying and transferring. And so when I pulled Mr. Steve, when I pulled Puff aside and said, hey, would you be willing to talk at any of these? Uh, Because we'd love to get you up here. And he said, he was looking at, he said, I'll do abiding. I thought, perfect because I've spent the better part of 22 or three years, been married almost 21, so a couple, little bit before that, really watching him be the example to me on what does it mean to abide. So whether it's going back to his old Navigator days where he's claiming Scripture, he, he knows half the Bible, or more than that probably, he can pull Scripture on a moment's notice about anything, anytime, which has always been impressive because I barely can remember a couple. Um, and he also would disappear doing Bible studies, and so it's whether it's on the weekend or on the week or on vacation, you know, Puff would just literally get lost in a Bible study, and a couple hours later, he'd come out, uh, and I always wondered what he was doing. I'm starting to better appreciate that now, because there may have been a nap or two in between that, but that's okay. That's okay, but uh, he was he was always come out with notes and highlights, and, you know, I thought, wow, that's I mean, my Bible studies aren't like that. Um, I can't do that. Or him leading prayer groups, or he's committing to pray for people and other people. And so, I think, as I was thinking about abiding, those are those are elements of abiding. Those are key attributes of what it means. So, I'm really excited to get uh, his thoughts and, sh- and hear his thoughts on what does it mean to be a man who abides, who remains in Christ. So come on up here, Puff. I'll I'll uh, kick us off in prayer, and then when he's done and he gives us a charge, we'll we'll break out into our foxholes and go from there. Good, okay. dear Lord, thank you for uh, Friday mornings. Thank you for good coffee. Thank you for friends and fellowship, and we thank you for the opportunity to uh, to sit before you and to talk about what does it mean to be in your presence. What does it mean to to dedicate our lives to you. What does it mean to remain in you? And so I just pray that you open up our hearts, um, make yourself present, give uh, give Mr. Steve the words uh, that we need to hear, and uh, I'm just excited about what you're doing in Convoy. So thank you for your blessings. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Give me a W. <laughs> Come on, Carl. <laughs> w. Oh, wait. Wrong group. Fooey <laughs> oh, State Farm. Give me an S. <laughs> no, you guys don't do cheers. Oh, phooey. <laughs> Just take your money. That's <laughs> uh, some funny stuff. I don't care who you are. Uh, uh, well, you know, listening to Blake's uh, introduction, um, I got a little confused of who's he's introducing this morning. <laughs> I thought he was introducing me, but. You know, all those little things, all those little stories. Well, it's great to be with you. Um, Any of you seen uh, any of the series on TV, on uh, PBS, like uh, Victoria or Downton Abbey or any of those, or you watch something like uh, This Is Us, most of those things, uh, there are others, but most of those things start with something that goes a little bit like, Previously on Victoria, you know, previously on whatever it is. You ever seen those? Yeah, some of you, yeah. Um, So uh, previously in Convoy. So here I am watching this, and I'm going, okay, I was going to touch on what Blake set up. generational, the method, abide, convoy, transfer. Hmm, okay, he got that. Uh, Doug Raines. <laughs> so thank you. You know, you get right to the stuff that I got. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, I do appreciate that. I, it, one of the things that I think is important about this is context. I like things to be in context because if it's not in context, sometimes it can just be a, a point of information. It can just be a, another good point or whatever, but if you have context for where that fits in, then at least for me, it it helps to uh, tie it all together, see the big picture, the long view. And so I was going to touch on those things too. So, you know, just to make sure that we remember the context of what we're doing this year, where the focus is and how the, the convoy leadership team, you know, with Scott and Paul, and, and uh, Blake, and others have come together to sort of lay out this this whole mission of convoying, and convoying things that are important to us in our lives. And there's nothing more important to us in our lives than the Word of God and the souls of people, including our family, you know, the people around us. So uh, Doug did a great job of setting it up, as uh, uh, Blake said. You know, he... he focus on the fact that to abide with God, we must first know Him, and we have to trust Him. So we got to know Him and trust Him. Now, that's elementary (coughs) to many of us who've known Christ for a long time, but for some folks, that's a new thought. So we don't want to forget that. He talked about the fact that God is good, God is great, and God is gracious, and all the the implications of that. God is great, so we don't have to control everything. He emphasized that control is really an illusion anyway. And I've thought about that recently, that control is an illusion. Hmm. You think you have control. You think you have control with your car until you hit an icy spot, and then you realize you don't have any control at all. You know. Now, the Lord's got control of that. <clears throat> that He can handle anything that arises. He is good, so He'll supply all of our needs. We don't have to look anywhere else. I thought that was wonderful. And God is gracious. I really appreciate this. God is gracious, so guess what? We don't have to prove ourselves to Him, and we don't have to impress others. You know, for the better part of 40 years, uh, in one form or another, uh, in my vocational life, uh, I did have to perform. I had to perform on lots of levels. I had to not necessarily impress because I always felt like I was doing my work as unto the Lord. But it's always helpful for them not to be unimpressed. You know, your your supervisors, wherever you are, um, or disappointed. But we don't have to impress others. We can just trust God and do the best we can for it. Doug also challenged us, and I thought this was important. He says, is there an area of life you need to give over or turn over to the Lord or maybe to trust Him more fully? Uh, For me, one of those areas is family. So I've just got to continually uh, trust the Lord for family, for salvations, for walks with the Lord, uh, those types of things. Safety. 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 Our son, who is uh, 37 now, and uh, he and his wife live in Memphis, and he's a teacher in the public school systems there, and uh, she's in a first-year residency, five-year residency for ear, nose, and throat at, at UT. <clears> throat> he just had a really bad car accident a couple of weeks ago, totaled out his car. and uh, But for the grace of God, he was able to walk away. Um We pray regularly for the safety of our family. But boy, that brings it home, doesn't it? That brings it home if you have someone. No one is planning on going out and and crashing their car and not coming home again. But someone, John and I, my friend John Reese, a neighbor and and new to Convoy, we were just talking on the way in. John and his family are from uh, the Wisconsin area and he's got family in Minnesota. You know, no one in those huge pileups was planning on crashing their cars yesterday. A couple of hundred more than that people. So, you know, is control real or is it an illusion? And do we have the ability to protect ourselves or are we really in God's hands? <clears throat> so, is there something for which I need to fully trust God, my time, my talents? My treasures. Um, <clears throat> and then Scott Thompson helped put the context around it and, and just framing it up in one of the the Sunday messages that he sends out the epistles um, and because uh, they're always pretty long, you know, so you have to really you have to focus on those things, you know. Do what? Yeah, several chapters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> several chapters every every, every week. Uh, but we love you, Scott. Yeah, we love you, Scott. But, I appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. brevity is not one of the things uh, with that. But just teaching <laughs> But he is. He has helped frame up the context uh, that trust. That it, it really is about a trusting relationship. <laughs> that abiding can only happen with trust. That trust and worry cannot live in the same house, <clears throat> under the same roof. He also emphasized the fact that prayer must be our first response, not our last resort. Practice that with us. You know, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. That's that's easy to say, but it's harder to do, isn't it, Ed? In the middle of the situation, or if you're at work and you've got, you know, sales aren't going as well or something's not working, and and um It's easy just to lean in and work, 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 work. Um, Prayer shouldn't be the last resort. It should be the first response. Greg Pruitt, who wrote a book called Extreme Prayer, Greg is now the president of uh, Pioneer Bible Translators who's going to have a conference here next Friday night. Um, He talks about the fact that prayer is the strategy. Prayer is the strategy. I love that. The reality is, as Scott has pointed out to us as well, that sometimes we surrender, <clears throat> but we have to go back and re-surrender, sometimes on a regular basis. You ever have anything in your life, any part of your life, any person in your life, any stuff, any things that you, you've you surrendered it to the Lord, but you ever get to a point to where, as Scott talked to us in our foxhole last week, <clears throat> you get to a point where, now, Lord, I don't see anything happening here, so let me have that back, you know. Um, and then you have to resurrender it to him. Um, well, I do. So <clears throat> all that said, I'm going to present a hypothesis. Now, that's a really big word for me, uh, especially this time of morning, a hypothesis. And just see if you buy into this. We cannot give away something that we do not have. We cannot give away something that we do not have. Is that fair, generally? Okay. So, said all that to say this, as one of my former Sunday school teachers used to say, uh, who was uh, Blake's uh, grandfather. Abiding is a prerequisite. That's another big word. Prerequisite to convoying and transferring. Abiding is a prerequisite for convoying and abiding. I mean, convoying and transferring. Because if we don't have it, we don't have anything to give. You know, you ever just run out of energy? You're just tired? You just don't have anything else to give. Hi, my name's Steve. I do. I run out and, you know, just I don't have anything left at the end of the day sometimes. So, If we don't abide with Christ, then we don't have anything fresh and new to convey, to convoy, to transfer. Right? Fairly straightforward. So, you know, Blake talked about the 20-plus years that we've known each other, and and I don't remember all those uh, experiences as much as he does, but but I appreciate it. Um, I I just require more uh, time with the Lord. I really do. I don't know if I'm just a slow learner or, you know, what the Lord's saying to me, but uh, I have to spend more time with Him. Last year, <clears throat> actually a year before last, it was 18 in the fall, I was privileged to go through a group. Bless you, bless you. We have a three bless you limit, Chris. So, um, uh, so I was uh, privileged to go through a study called Living and Finishing Well by Ken Boa. I don't know if you know about that study or not, but uh, Dick Nervig, uh, one of the folks here at uh, Fellowship, and uh, Hector Sanabria, uh, they led this group of um, folks who were in a different season of life for the most part, or who were between jobs and in transition, uh, this study on living and finishing well by Ken Boa. And, the, the one of the essence of, of that study was coming to appreciate the extreme value of solitude with the Lord. Just the value of solitude with the Lord. Now, we're talking about abiding, and I want to share some tips with you. Tips, T-I-P-S, right? Extraordinary value of solitude with the Lord. It helps us to relate to the Father, to renew our souls, and to regain clarity of purpose. Think about that. Solitude with the Lord helps us to relate to the Father, absolutely. To renew our souls and to regain a clarity of purpose. That's one of the reasons over the last 35 years at least, you know, that my lovely wife, Helen, and I, we... Find times of solitude with the Lord. When we were working with the NAVs years ago, we, we didn't work for the NAVs, but we worked alongside folks in the ministry and stuff like that in community ministry. <clears throat> One of the exercises we learned through a study we were doing was the uh, the the idea of spending a half day in prayer. Now that sounds, that sounds like, oh, how would I do that? A half a day? Are you kidding me? I can't just sit there and pray for half a day. Well, it wasn't just praying. Okay, it was some bible studies reviewing your verses it's spending time listening to the lord all those kinds of things jotting down notes in your journals stuff like that you know so we learned the value of spending extended time with the lord solitude with the lord and it's way 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 underrated in our experience <clears throat> another thing that was a takeaway uh, a couple of points that were takeaways from the um Living and finishing well were, and they're sort of reverse images of of the same idea. One was uh, that call for passionate, intense intentionality. Passionate intentionality. I don't know why I put all these big words in here for a morning thing, but I I like that. You know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) To the weekend epistle. Um, I used to have my notes, you know, uh, there's a call for passionate intentionality regarding intimacy with Christ. Hebrews 12, one and two talks about, you know, there's a great cloud of witnesses around us, people we know about, people we don't know about, people we don't even know that are watching us. We might find out later in a good way or maybe not so much, um... But there is a great cloud of witnesses, and we're supposed to take off every encumbrance like a runner and run the race, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I love that part. You know, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I do apologize publicly. What is your name? Yes. Tom. Thank you. I can see Jeremy's head, but barely. Oh, hi, Jeremy. So envision, just take a look at those two guys back there. Don't stare. (coughs) Take a look at those two guys back there, right? So imagine that that's the finish line. And you're fixing your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, right? But he's also running with you. He's also running with you. So that whole matter of passionate intentionality about being with Him, spending time with Him, is so important. Intimacy with Christ or abiding with Him, for me, has to be a moment-by-moment, hour-by-hour thing, not just 10 minutes in a devotional or even an hour in a devotional. It's got to go on through the day. It's continuous. It's continual, right? It should be. Now, for me, what does that look like? Oh, I'll be driving along, and the nice thing about all these remote phones and everything else, everybody's talking on the phone, and and you don't see anything, you just see them talking. Well, for me, I'm just usually praying. You know, sometimes I pray out loud about stuff because it's a great time to just turn the radio off and be with the Lord and just pray. But it it has to do with an all-day experience. God is more interested. This is one of the things we took away from this. It was very important for me. God is more interested in having an intimate, loving relation, relationship with us than he is what we do for him. God is more interested in having an intimate, loving relationship with you, with me, than he is what we do with him or for him. And we should avoid the trap of letting doing and serving the Lord get ahead of being with the Lord. That makes sense. We are in a very, very performance driven society today. Is that fair? It's very performing. It is lots of different ways, lots of different things. But we are in a society that is all about performance and outcomes. Key performance indicators, KPIs, results, all those things. And, and that's okay when it comes to we got some great seats down front. Yeah. Hey I think that before. All the Christians got the back forced all sinners to the front. Well as a as a reformed uh, Baptist, uh, I know that most Baptists sit in the back. So uh, hmm. uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. So The second thing, so passionate intentionality. (laughs) He's more interested in being with us than what we do for him. That's pretty humbling, actually, too. You know, to think the Lord has any real interest in an old redneck like me from Oklahoma. So, you know, that's that's helpful. The other, the flip side of that is that we should put more focus on loving and abiding with him than we do avoiding sin. We should spend more fo- more focused time on loving and abiding with him than avoiding sin. Um, there's an exponential power, an exponential power of combining reading, meditating on his word with prayer and listening. That abiding with Christ requires deliberate. Regular times of solitude with the Lord. You know, many of you, I'm sure, know um, Psalm 46:10 or know what it—the essence of it. It says, "Be still and know that I am God." Be still and know that I am God. In some versions, it says, "Quit working. Just stop, stop, <laughs> stop doing all that for a minute. Just you ever, you ever, uh, we do. You ever have?" Um, Folks that you just want to say, just stop for a minute. Stop, 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 stop. You don't know, like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we find that with grandkids, you know. We have two wonderful grandkids, loud and constant. Uh, <laughs> I got that from a guy one time. <laughs> Noah and Caroline. And every now and then, not often, but every now and then we have to just say, stop, stop. Just wait a minute. Be still, be still. You know. Listen, and I love to do this with them. Noah, Caroline, listen to me with your eyes. Listen to me with your eyes. Uh, Don't look at that thing again. Listen to me with your eyes. You ever think maybe God is saying that to us? You ever think maybe the Lord is saying, you know what, Brian? Shh, stop. I know, I know. I got it. I got it. Stop. Listen to me, you know. Just be with me for a minute. You know, one of the things I've learned to appreciate and value has nothing to do with abiding, but it could be an outcome. It could be convoying. It could be transferring. Is the huge role and the importance, the value of the gift of presence, CE. Right? Just the gift of presence. You know, notwithstanding what happened a week or so into this experience, but... Job's friends, the three friends, the first thing they did was they just sat there with him for a week. They just sat with him, right? There is such value, and and I know you know that, and we're preaching to the choir. But there is such value to just the gift of presence. Sometimes, just being with someone. It's not what you say. It's not what you do. You know, it's just being there with them. Right. And so. You know, that's what the Lord wants with us sometimes. Just just be still. Just be with me. Stillness is hard, isn't it? You ever have trouble with that in conversations? That pregnant pause and you, you know, most of us tend to want to fill the gap. But sometimes it's best just to wait. Um, here's another thing that I took away that I thought was really cool. I never thought about it this way. And the whole idea here was taking note. Consider the impressions we get while we're reading his word. Sometimes we mark it in our Bible, we underline something, we put a little note. Take those impressions as invitations from the Holy Spirit. Take those as invitations from the Holy Spirit. You know, I never thought about that. And so if I think about that, and the Lord says, you know, underline that, mark that, circle that, whatever. It's not like he's saying, give a little attention to that, Stevo. you know. So, passionate, intentionality, and loving him versus avoiding sin. So, uh, stealing uh, shamelessly, as Sam Malton would say, um, from others and other great ideas uh my good friend and, and almost like a nephew, uh, Chris Simon, back here, um, loaned me a book recently called Secrets of the Vine, Secrets of the Vine by uh, Bruce Wilkinson. And uh, I read it, and I was making some notes. It's their book, but they already had notes, so I just put little dots beside it because I got to give it back to them. And, and so I was telling my wife about that, and she looked at me, and she said, we've got that book, it's right here. I said, oh. She said, I've read it twice. She said, I've told you about that book. (laughs) And you know, after all these years, I've learned to say, yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So there I was, thinking, oh, boy, I found something now. Hey, honey, come here, come here, come here. (laughs) Yeah, I've read it twice. (laughs) Told you about it. One of the things I really like about that is that he reminds us from John 15. I just want to read this, and we're going to wrap up. John 15:5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, that puts things in context, doesn't it? But he goes on in verse 7, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. That's powerful stuff. If if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Is that an... You can do it boldly. Yes, you can do it boldly. Hmm. That'll preach. I'll tell you what that'll preach right there. Yeah. Um, for me, it's... it's uh, Abiding is rooted in those verses, pure and simple. It's just in those verses. So for me, I do three things. I seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Matthew six thirty three. Another verse on that that I like is uh, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. It says, "If you seek me, if you search for me with your whole heart, you will find me." So we've got to seek first the kingdom of God. He'll take care of all the rest of the stuff. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto me, which is a reasonable service. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Those go together, don't they? Those go together together. Present yourself a living sacrifice to the Lord and then be transformed by the renewing of your minds. What renews our minds is the Word of God. So it all ties together now, doesn't it? You know, just spending time with Him. And then one that I really like, um, a passage in Psalm 37. I like 37, 5 through 7, but I'll just focus on 37:4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will... Give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What I've learned to pray about that is, Lord, give me the desires of your heart. Put those desires on my heart, because if those are on my heart and I desire them, then you will give them to me. It is not a blank check, you know, oh, I really want that new car. That's not what it is, but it is an invitation it is an invitation. And, and so many times in the Bible, there are, if you do this, then I will do that. When you do this, I will do that, right? And I appreciate that. And again, like we said earlier, for me, the important thing here is to remain engaged, abiding with the Lord throughout the day. Now, I do get sidetracked a lot, a lot. You know, I can find myself driving down the street, going somewhere, and I'm praying about something, and I don't know. Then I go, Lord, I don't know where my mind went, but it went somewhere else. Sorry about that. So anyway, back to that prayer. (laughs) Uh, But to stay in contact with Him. So the value of solitude, more focus on being with Him than doing for Him, and in a doing, performance-oriented society, that's, that's hard. And my personal approach is just seek first the kingdom of God, present myself to Him, and delight myself in the Lord, and He'll take care of all the rest of it. He'll take right. care of all the rest. Mm-hmm. So tips. So the tips are, I like acronyms. I like acrostics. Blake's seen them. He's seen them color-coded. He's seen all that. Trust. Got to have a trusting relationship. Intentionality. Right? Tying it all together. Intentionality. Priority on solitude. Trust. We must trust him. Tying it back to things that Doug and Scott shared with us. Intentionality. Making it a priority to spend solitude time with him. Tips. Now, my mind is just wired weird, you know, and so I do acronyms and acrostics all the time. But it helps me remember. My daughter's mind is even more weird in that um, she's got this artist capability, but she's also like a, like, she's got this business acumen that I'm, Oh, I wish I'd have had that for 40 years, you know. Um, but she has this weird ability. When, if, if somebody says a sentence, she sort of calculates the number of letters in the sentence, doesn't she? It's like, how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> rain daughter, you know, rain daughter. You know, but I'm acronyms, so uh, that's for free. That is for free, free, free tips. And um, so hopefully that helps tie it back to abiding as a prerequisite, and uh, then we convoy and we transfer. I get to close this in prayer? Wow, cool. Thank you. Hopefully, you'll have something you can talk about. Tips. Father, we thank you so much for all your blessings. We thank you for this this morning. We thank you for all the men who took the effort, made uh, made the effort to get here. We thank you for blessing us with your word. Most of all, Father, we thank you for Jesus and for what he has done for each and every one of us and every other soul. Uh, that ever has been, ever is, and ever will be. Now, we just pray, Father, that uh, you might help turn our hearts toward you and see the need for spending time with you, just abiding with you and the real value that comes from, Father, just relating to you, renewing our souls and regaining a sense of purpose and context in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.